what if almost seven years ago the jersey wall did not come to fruition life would be so incredibly different guys on today's episode of the jersey wall podcast we're going to look at 10 scenarios that would have changed the football landscape forever we did this about a year and a half ago and we're back with 10 new scenarios today we hope you enjoy I've been waiting for this one. Yeah, like, to be fair, that one in the example, that would never happen. Like, this was always going to happen. There's no what-ifs yeah, for yeah. Jersey Wall stuff. We're always going to be here, bro, I promise. But that, yeah, I've been waiting for this one, too. I've been waiting for a long time for what-if to come back so we can bring this episode. Because I think this yeah, was Marvel's like... Marvel's been keeping this away from you guys, not just us. Yeah, it's exactly it. Because that's to be topical. We had to wait for it to come out. Now it has. It's out. So we thought, okay. And by the way, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas from the Jersey Wall Podcast. I just realized by the time you're listening to this, it will be Christmas morning. So this, the gift that keeps on giving, the Jersey Wall episode number 223, here for you. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Nathan Santos. Back again, Brethren FC in the co-hosting chair. Dude, Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad, my boy. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad, bro. Wherever you are in the world celebrating. Merry Christmas to you. Happy holidays, everybody. We're so excited to bring you Jersey Wall on Christmas. Full disclosure, we're not recording this on Christmas, yeah, obviously. Santa Claus, bro. Yeah, we're out here coming down chimneys. Delivering presents. Delivering these presents each and every week. We don't take days off, man. With our presents. That's elegant, bro. That's that's, that's so well said. That is a bar. Well done. Been rubbing off on you lately, dude. I like it. <laughs> Last time we did this, the football world was so different, but we had to look at this through the lens of, I actually have what some of the examples we did. We did, for example, what if Ruben Diaz had joined Manchester United instead of Man City? We did, what if Steven Gerrard never slipped? What if, <laughs> what if Cristiano Ronaldo never left Man United? What if Pep Guardiola had never been born? What if Arsene Wenger managed England from 2004 to 2006? What if Newcastle's Saudi takeover went through? We're actually experiencing that one because it Yo. did end up happening, which is pretty crazy. That's not all of them, but that's the highlights of some of them that we discussed. That's what we were thinking about back then. So for as long as Newcastle have been good, that was the last time that we did what this. we predicted, man. That's nuts, bro. That was so long ago. Anyway, back now, I have a whole bunch of scenarios. You got a whole bunch of scenarios. We're going to go through them. And we're just going to talk about these hypotheticals. Now, some of these might be forward-looking. Some of them might be revisionist history. We're going to try our best to, you know, be as realistic with what this is. But it's it, it could. Like in another universe, maybe this is exactly the way things happen. Last week, we took a look at what happened in the Champions League group stages. Now we're going to look at what if something happened. And I like the yeah. hypotheticals. So let's go through it. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Let's get one out of the way because we don't like to talk about these guys in a in a positive manner for a long for a long time. But what if Caicedo went to Liverpool? Oh, what if Moises Caicedo went to Liverpool? Fascinating and question. Obviously brother. joined Chelsea. Obviously not going great at the moment. Yep. And uh, this came as a result of comments from Jurgen Klopp saying, obviously we didn't have any uh, defensive midfielders want to join our club, but <laughs> basically saying, look at us now. Um, and look where they are. That's yeah. basically what he said. Like, almost verbatim. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> exactly what he said. Caicedo and Lavia are both of those guys, and they both went to Chelsea, and they both suck at the moment. So, to be fair, Romeo Lavia has not played. Bro is still injured. No, he has not played. He, he yeah, cannot he take played. the point for this. No, life sucks for them at the moment. Yeah, that, that's, that's fair. What I meant yeah, that's fair. Life so sucks for them. What if Caicedo joined our favorite Home Alone character, Kevin McAllister, Kevin! at Liverpool? How would that have changed? That's a great question because I think that that triggers whether or not they get Soboschlai. And I think Soboschlai is way more important to that team than Caicedo would have been had they got Caicedo. Mm, because if we think of the way that Liverpool play now, like Soboschlai is the heart of the team. And by the way, Soboschlai yeah. is would have been the De Bruyne replacement who you could only fantasize about if you're Man City to be like, <laughs> when De Bruyne ages out, and he will because his legs are already starting to go, who has the ability to hit a ball like that, to, to pass that range, to run and oh, work the connection, so hard. The laces he puts on the, it's on the ball. It's crazy, man. that skill set, man, because not everybody has that, but he really does. 
they paid less and got more. I think that Dominic Soberschlei is better at football than Caicedo because we tend to look at football as like, what are you good at? Are you good with the ball? Are you good at getting yep. rid of the ball? Are you good at taking the ball? Or are you good at having the ball, right? So there's just different skill sets of things that you can have, right? Caicedo is a player who kind of fits the taking the ball mold, right? Like he often don't doesn't yep. start with it, but he wants to get it. And then once he has, he's going to give it to somebody else who's going to have it. Soboshla is really of, yeah, Soboshla is kind of of the mix of a player who wants the ball because he calls for and he's, he runs aggressively, especially under the club system. Like he's had to adopt that big time because club makes him work for it. But at the same time, his best skill set is what he does when he gets rid of the ball. It's when he hits it. It's when he passes it. It's his ability to move that ball that's exceptional. Whereas if you if you take like an Iniesta figure, for example, that would be someone who has the ball and that's when they're at their best. They don't want to get rid of it. They will dribble through absolutely everybody and everything, but it's when the ball is with them. So there's different like cuts of midfielders. They ended up targeting one style. And by the way, Caicedo and Lavia are completely different styles as well. They didn't get yeah. Caicedo. They didn't get Lavia. They got Soboslai. I think they're better off for it because I'll be honest with you. If they had Caicedo right now and they didn't have Soboslai, I'm not convinced they would be better off. I don't know because I feel like you're judging it based on how they play now, knowing what we've seen from, from Soboslai. Whereas we know okay, they so would right not try to play the same way if Caicedo joined. How, how do you think they'd be playing if Caicedo was there? I think they would have tr- tried to make him the the Fabinho and the like. The Golo Kante, really? Is yeah, they would have tried to make him. I mean, currently they're sitting at the top of the Premier League because what do they do like really well? And we we don't like giving them credit. Salah's been on it. I feel like Caicedo's yep. just would have been a player who's who's press heavy in the midfield, so it probably would have invited Trent into the middle of the park a little bit more to get more of the ball. So maybe probably. they maybe they try to have Trent play the role that Soboslai is playing now. How much does that change the team? I think it changes it dramatically because I think, I think it's it, a totally different team. Yeah. I th- the team that they go with is more the Liverpool of old with Caicedo, which is midfield yep. three plus two center backs as the five holding it down. And then all of your wide areas is what's going forward. Whereas now yeah. I don't think that that's true for them. I think that they have, you know, obviously with Robertson being injured, they can't necessarily commit the same way they would towards fullback overloads. Trent is a player who's exceptional with the ball, getting rid of the ball, like I said. So I feel like for him, he naturally will want to go inside. Maybe Caicedo helps cover him more, but the unit of the team would have shaped completely differently, completely different way that they function. I think I'm with you. I think this evolution of Liverpool is a is a better option for the landscape of football now than than the football that we saw from them, let's say 2019, 2020, right. 2021 even. The question is, because Caicedo doesn't have a whole lot of conviction, the fact is he got a little bit washed in Chelsea's squad because Chelsea realistically are just a big melting pot, a big soup of talent. They don't have the same um, the same lineups. They don't have the same identity. Caicedo would have been a huge formative piece of shaping Liverpool's identity, but their yep. identity is a little bit more defined as is. It's the Klopp team. They, we know how they're going to play. And realistically, while Klopp has made uh, Dominic Soboslai a very, very good active player in his team, the instincts of a Caicedo would have been to move around like crazy in that team. And we can't sleep on the impact that an N'Golo Kante type had Honestly, because look at what Chelsea were. Chelsea could outplay Real Madrid with a two-man midfield. Chelsea had two midfielders on, and they could outplay Real Madrid with the best midfield in the world because of what Kante could do. If that was Caicedo, I honestly don't know that he would have been unsettled in the same way that he is now. I think that he probably would have settled in really, really nicely, especially if they got McAllister as well, because they were teammates. Exactly, because then it's the exact same like way that they used to play at Brighton. Yeah. With probably at least with marginal intensity. Yeah, at least with each other, exactly. With Dude. the knowledge of having someone like Van Dijk and even Matip behind them. Right. Do you think Do you think then that they would be better off had they signed Caicedo? Because, I mean, they're first. Like, it's not like they, they can do a whole lot wrong yeah, now anyway. Yeah, they can't really improve too much. I think it's just they would have been different. And take your pick, really. What would what team would you rather have if you're a Liverpool fan? The, what we've seen know, with Sobosai, myself in that situation, or the potential okay. of I know, I know, but <laughs> hypothetically, I think that 
they are in an advantageous position right now because they have a very, very good footballer. And I think eventually they, they will stumble across a player of a profile yeah. more similar to filling a Caicedo gap. But at the then same time, dude, I think the Sobosla is much more different, difficult to, dude, to find. I never, ever would have thought that a holding midfielder would have cost more than a player with the ball ability of a Sobosla. So I yeah. say that and I'm like, you know what? Right away, I'm like, no, nah, I'm wrong. I'm wrong because they could probably, they only spent 70 on Sobosla. They would have spent 100 plus on Caicedo. You know what I mean? Now, if they got Romeo saying. Lavia, fine. Because, but even Lavia, Lavia's not a runner like even that. Lavia was expensive. Lavia's a, a freaking Dembele player. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he's a player with the ball at his feet who's gonna who's gonna carry and protect. He's not a player who's gonna like run you into yeah. the ground. It's a very different skill set. Yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I think it just would have been wildly different and probably ended up being same end result, right? Like they would have been top two, top three. Yeah, fair enough. Just different styles. Totally different styles. Yeah. I guess we'll have to see at the end where Liverpool end up and then we'll look at what the limitations were in their team and then we'll just try to to assess that that. the other thing is that we might not be considering is that McAllister's had to play that kind of deeper six role McAllister might have been the Sobos life figure with Caicedo protecting that that space behind him so maybe they would have had the same system they just would have had those two players who would have been balling out I don't know man it's it's a good way to I'm surprised you picked Liverpool to start but uh I'm going to drop a hammer right now. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I guess you don't want to build to them. We'll get them out of the way. I have an absolute hammer to drop right now. What if France won the World Cup in 2022? This is a huge different scenario because that came down to the absolute... I really could phrase this question as what if Kolumuani stuck it past Martinez? Because then it's game. That's game. Well, here's some things that we know for sure would be true. Messi wouldn't have won. Messi the wouldn't have won. Yeah. He wouldn't have won the Ballon d'Or. He wouldn't have won the World Cup. Therefore, he would not have won the Ballon d'Or. Kylian Mbappe would have had two World Cups and World Cup MVPs at the age of what, 24? And Golden Boot. And Golden Let's Boot. Not forget about that. Yeah. I would say that that makes Kylian Mbappe then the winner of the world of the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, I would agree. And right now, we look at the Ronaldo-Messi-GOAT debate as pretty well untouchable, at least for our generation. Older people than us might say, yeah, but, you know, I wouldn't have Ronaldo there because Maradona, or some people are so hung up on Maradona, like, nah, not even Messi's as good as that guy was, you know. And then before that, they go, yeah, but, you know, Pele, like, Pele invented everything that's ever happened. People will always have their goats. Mm -hmm. Tell you what, dude. If Kylian Mbappe, sub-24 years old, has two World Cups and World Cup Golden Boots and MVPs, and now a Ballon d'Or that he's starting to reign here, too, does that put Kylian Mbappe into a legitimate conversation to be like, oh no, this guy's not just going to be the next gen of goats. He might be the actual, like w- entering that conversation for accolades because he now has two world cups and he's, why, how old is Mbappe? He's 23. Like, bro, he's not, he's, he's not old. He was born in 98. No, he's 25. I think 24. He was 18 at the world cup at the other one. There's no way, bro. He was still a teenager. Yeah, 20... Oh, so it's two thousand. Okay, never mind. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's a two thousand baby. He's twenty four years old. He'll turn twenty five at the end of December. Yeah, I, you know what? It would have left him with the objective of just the rest of my career. I'm devoting it to winning the Champions League. Yeah, because that fair. would be the only thing other than goals, like number of goals, that would have kept him from being the goal. Because right now, if he in that scenario that you just painted, mm-hmm. two World Cups, right? Ballon d'Or. That is a modern day Pele. Yeah, literally a modern day Pele. Modern That's day exactly Pele. right, bro. So automatically he's in the conversation. The rest of it is let's see what he's done if he's managed to get a Champions League and how many goals he's ended up with. Yeah, modern day Pele That's is it. a crazy title. Because I mean, fight, like, yeah, yes, yeah. he will have to leave PSG and he'll have to like make some stuff happen in, in either in the Prem or in Spain in a league that people recognize goats playing even if he just won the P- the 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 champions league of psg that like yeah I but i mean like all of his career you're... stats couldn't be in Paris. you know what i mean like he yeah, couldn't yeah, have yeah. all of his career goals be in league because yeah. then there would be questions about it right like he's gonna need to play elsewhere to put himself there what this does do though for a lot of people mm-hmm. for better or for worse wrong or right a lot of people seeing messi win the world cup was the nail in the coffin for the goat discussion 
Yeah. If that doesn't happen, he's now a player who's lost two World Cup finals. So if you're oh. a goat, how does that affect? And I'm not at you guys know. I'm not hating. This isn't like a like a messy. This is just a what if scenario. This is just yeah. What does that happen? Conversely, because you go well. Hold on a second here, bro. Like you've lost. You've had the opportunity. You've been on the doorstep twice, and you failed to get it done both times. Won the Copa America though. Yeah, good. Good for so him. the international but trophy. Losing not- two World yeah. Cup finals is a big deal. Here's the thing. That's the biggest. How of the would big. the Argentinians react to him, right? Because their whole Maradona right. thing is Maradona still won us the World Cup. Yep. Mm. And if you don't have the back, how would people, the Argentinians the specifically feel? Because I think we can, you and I, and the rest of football fans can separate his Argentina accolades with the rest of it because right. we're like, no, nah, the, the way he did at Barcelona is insane. Is insane. Yeah. But how would he be looked at in his own country if? He didn't deliver what Maradona was able to deliver. I don't think that they would see him that. There's still Argentinians to this day who don't see him as the goat because they're like, "No, nah, be like Maradona was better than you." Yeah, but they're 75 years. Old. That's a this is, it's a hot take, bro. But like, dude, there's a scenario where that happens, and I I seriously wonder how the football landscape would have been affected if Colomani scored that. The world we live in is different. Like I said, Messi mm. only has only only has seven Ballon d'Or at that point. Ballon. But for Mbappe, bro, like your legacy, the, conv- the the whole trajectory of your perception in the greatest players to have ever played this game changes drastically if that goes in. Because he did everything. Yeah. If he scored a hat-trick in the World Cup final, come, come on. There's nothing more that Killian could have done. And a penalty. <laughs> if more things had been done for him, I don't know, man. Like yeah, it only would have taken would his whole legacy right on, on another person, and the other person couldn't get it done for him. Emi Martinez basically denied killing Mbappe that legacy because Mbappe would be sitting here right now, two-time World Cup winner, Ballon d'Or winner, everything else, bro. Yeah, he's gonna chase the Champions League, but everything else is crazy. Is is can gravy because he's like, dude, I'm I I'm legitimately this generation's the greatest that it's gonna produce. There would be nothing, even Holland for anything else. There would be no discussion for this generation's goat race isn't that crazy yeah you know what i mean like and go find greatest of all time we'll just call it like of this generation yeah separated by generations g-o-t um, guardians of the galaxy greatest of this generation okay <laughs> <laughs> this is the same acronym bro here's the thing that would have been last time of asking for Messi. yeah and Muppet can still go and do that that's a good point that's a good point. That's a different one. Because friends have that squad. What if what if Mbappe wins two more World Cups, bro? Ah! They could do that. Dude. Oh, that's a very good point. You're absolutely right. Yo, but here's I'm, a- I'm just gonna this is so, so much better than the what if that I had, that I'm gonna replace it with <laughs> what if Mbappe wins another World Cup? Oh let's call it 2026. <sighs> That's a Greek. Okay, two well, here's of the, the thing. last three that he's played. But two about, of the only three he's played. The only, yeah. Every time he steps up, he well. Here's the thing. It would have helped if he had won that one too. Because imagine he's coming in now into his third World Cup, having won the two previous ones. Oh, bro, <laughs> can you imagine that? No, be this would be the no. That would I think that honestly we'd look at that and be like, yeah, that's that's a bigger cup. Like goat, fine goals, assists, everything you want to have. Yeah, that's the greatest accomplishment that anybody's ever produced. Since literally for what a hundred years, Pelle. since Pelé, genuinely, since Pelé, literally, a hundred years. Ago, yeah, basically. like what? What if they actually go and do it in twenty twenty six, and Mbappe now is walking away, and that's three years from now. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe he picks up a Champions League along. Maybe he goes to Real Madrid next season, wins the Champions League, does this with the trophy with Jude Bellingham. And if you don't see me right now, I'm doing the Jude yeah, Bellingham celebration. Yeah, the Redeemer does that, and then go comes to Canada. And the U.S. and Mexico, and lifts the World Cup again. What then? Because think of <laughs> how old Zaire Emery is going to be. Think of Kolomwani <laughs> at that point. Right. Think of Usmane Dembele. Think he'll be, of he'll be retired. He'll be general. long retired. Dembele will be long retired. He's only yeah, he, he doesn't have the legs. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Dembele does not have the funds for no. for uh, American uh, American hospitals. Even think Dembele he, doesn't have the funds for America. Amen, bro. Think of Eduardo Camavinga, bro. You know what I mean? Like, Chuameni. Yeah, these dudes are going to be monsters. Think of Saliba, Saliba, dude. Literally. Todibo, bro. Crazy. 
That's so funny. Yeah, bro. They're going to be monsters. Yo, it still could happen. Okay, so what if that happens? If that happens, um, it will only age well because of how the landscape of the other teams coming up are. Because you have to remember, Portugal's coming up and are nasty. Like Portugal's yeah. next golden generation is here, right? Forget what it will be in a couple of years. It's, it's yeah, there now. By 2026, so, they'll, they'll be experienced players. Literally. That's what I'm saying. So like for the conviction that it will add to them, it's like, oh, they also denied every other nation's golden generation the opportunity to win. Yeah. That's nuts, bro. That that could still happen. You're right. What ifs could be forward looking too, not just revisionist history. Yeah. What if Mbappe wins another, at least one World Cup? I I think that that might put him there, like in that conversation. With you're I, in that conversation. You have to be automatic. because you can't. It, it's easy to dismiss, but like, yeah, but he didn't have. He didn't do X Y Z. He didn't have ten Ballon d'Or or whatever else. I guarantee you, if you ask Ronaldo or Messi tomorrow, would you trade in all your Ballon d'Ors for another World Cup? They'd be like, yep, I would, without without hesitation. All of them would do it. Yeah. Because there's no Especially personal accolade. He would still be under 30, man. Like, yeah. he can do that and still have another six, seven years in his career. Minimal. Oh, man. It's crazy that Minimal. he won that at 18, eh? This is my favorite. This is one of my favorite jerseys that I have. The Mbappe winning the World Cup as an 18-year-old. Yeah. It's, it's not, crazy. It really, really Boring is Boring in the crazy. final. Patrick in the getting final. The, getting the golden boot the next time of asking and leading his country to a final. Bro. This this episode yeah. makes my head hurt. Whenever we do episodes like this, because to try to consider these <laughs> possibilities, I'm just like, oh my god! The amount of times you're rubbing your head is crazy. I'm I'm afraid of the acne that you're about oh. to get on that. Head. No, dude, it's okay because I, I didn't shave my head this morning intentionally because I wanted the uh, I wanted the grains to feel <laughs> one of the just, follicles. I wanted the sensory thing just to. Oh man, it's absolutely nuts. Damn, bro. Can we move on? That was your your yeah, what if you're replacing one of. I yeah, I it was better than the one I had, so I, I stuck with that. All right, bro. Let's go to my second, our fourth overall. What if Deli Ali never fell off? This is a serious hard-hitting question here because... That is a serious hard-hitting question. 17-18 was his last really good season, basically. He had basically like double-digit goals assists. Oh, such a long time ago. He came up from MK Dons, which is fourth tier of English football, to Spurs and helped them in what was at that point their best era, right? For like forever, right? They were yeah. Champions League finalists. Him and Kane were unreal. The position he was playing, he was basically like modern Frank Lampard. He was basically Jude he Bellingham. Was Frank Lampard. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the way that Jude's basically playing. I'll tell you what. Here's the hot take. He might be Jude Bellingham right now if he never fell off. That might be mm. the career that Jude Bellingham's experiencing. Might be what Deli Ali would have had. Two more seasons right. like that at Real Madrid. Madrid, or sorry, at, at Spurs. Madrid might go. Get him. Hey, that's the guy yeah that's the You're guy so right Spurs would have retired his jersey too <laughs> yeah bro <laughs> honestly, would that be like, mk dons yeah it would be mk dons mk dons, MK dons <laughs> would have retired his jersey Yo, spurs too all of them they're all retiring <laughs> jersey man like he had problems off the pitch that kind of kept him what we know like we, we, he had that interview and stuff and I, like i genuinely feel bad that his like personal life and, you know, injuries and stuff that happened on social media and everything else kind of got the better of him because we look at Jude Bellingham now as the star boy of all star boys, right? Like, we're looking at this yeah. dude as, as one of one. We can't forget, it wasn't that long ago. That's how we were looking at Deli because he was doing the same thing, but he was doing it in the prem. He was doing the exact same thing. He was doing the same exact thing for Tottenham. Yeah. And he was being talked about as the best Premier League midfielder since Frank Lampard, like creative Premier League midfielder. Yeah, score the late because score. let's not Remember let's the goals not he was scoring his, too. At his age, he had more goals than Frank Lampard, more mm. goals, more assists. So his trajectory was nuts. Do you think that was yeah, the destination right. for Madrid? He would have been Jude Bellingham. Okay, so here's here's another part to this. Jude Bellingham fills a void that Real Madrid have right now. Delhi would have walked into a team that didn't have that void because realistically, 18, 19, 20, Real Madrid didn't need that void filled. Would it have been Real Madrid or would it have been a Manchester Probably United? Else. Probably someone else. Yeah. Is it possible that Manchester United never fall on the struggles that they have if they go out and buy Deli Ali a couple of years ago when he was that hot and they build around him properly and all of a sudden all these issues are, are negated? Well, you remember at one point, 
both him and Poch were meant to go to United. Mm -hmm. I remember. So this maybe, is the what if yeah. episode. That's what I'm saying. What if that was the next maybe. thing? Maybe. Or or maybe they just both come and then it ends up super badly. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? I mean, I see the how, what ended up happening was, you know, yeah. Poch got sacked three months after a Champions League final. And Delhi was never the same after losing that. Yeah. Like, they just never could come back. Yeah. What? That very, very brief stint under Mourinho where Mourinho was like, are you Deli Ali? Are you just some guy who looks like him? He's like, no, I'm Deli. He's like, good, play like him. And it fired him up. And then Mourinho was like, okay, now time to do the Mourinho thing. I have a player who can be challenged when I when I want him to. So I'm gonna go hard on him. And then he just capitulated. It's like, no, I I can't I can't do it. I can't produce. I don't know what happened. I lost it. How do you lose that, man? You just something happens in your personal life that just that makes you realize, ah, this is this isn't it that has to be it right like you have to or maybe you just wake up one day and you're like i don't want to go to training that's a sad and moment, it's just man a result of days and days and days where you've just gone and you feel like you're just doing the same thing over and over again your heart's not in it because your heart's somewhere else and just thinking about something else like you remember when jesse had his own personal jesse lingard had his own personal problems like with his mom and his grandma mm. like those kinds of things and he's just like going to training because he's going to training because that's what he's been doing since he was 12 years old. Right. I'm imagining the same kind of thing for Deli Alley where you just at some point, it's just you're doing it because it's a habit. Right. And you, you start slipping and your manager sees that and trying to get you to click in and you're just not clicking in and, you're, and the manager's trying to push you. And at some point, his job is based on results. So he yeah. has his patience is going to wear thin a lot quicker than than you want it to be yep. so at some point something has to give what's more disappointing in this sport than like unfulfilled potential because for a lot of guys we see unfulfilled potential as we saw what they could have been but never were but oftentimes those players are not the ones who produce moments that lead us to believe that you know what I mean? Like we'll see a player yeah. like Phil Foden a few years ago where we know he's super, super talented and he's going to be slowly involved in the team. But if something had happened, God forbid, to Phil Foden, we would have been like, man, he had all the talent in the world. I wonder what it would have looked like. We saw what it looked like for Delhi. That was the craziest part. We saw what he Club could country as well. And it went away. Oh, man, that's so disappointing. Because then we it was never like, oh, it could have been. It was. It happened. <laughs> it was there. It was currently. He's only like 27 now, bro. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's insane. You know what I mean? Like the the career has is is going by as though he's like 35 and washed. It's like, dude, he's in his prime now. He should still Do you remember at 23 he came out with that quote? He's like my body can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. You're 23 yes, years old, bro. dude. It will still be able to You've do it. You've been only I'm playing top level football for 18 yeah. months. <laughs> Literally, bro. Like you absolutely can, I promise you. Oh, dude, that was a funny quote of it. We just didn't know I think we put a lot of like pressure and onus on him. And I think that crushed him. Whereas when he came out with that story, after we learned so much, we're like, man, if the, if the media or, and everybody else had kind of like welcomed what was happening and embraced him and got behind him, he might've been able to yeah. recover from it. But instead it just got to a place where and everyone so was toxic. piling on him. I mean, for that reason, thank God he didn't go to Madrid or to United because yeah. it would have been devastating. Like the spotlight there is brighter than anywhere else in the world. You know what it is, man? I I don't think the English are allowed to have more than one absolute like fire player, <laughs> and their their egos right. yeah, at a time they would have just started reinvading everybody again. Because if they had Deli Ali mm -hmm. and Jude Bellingham right now, like Deli Ali in his prime and Jude Bellingham right now, yeah, it's done for all of the pre-existing colonies like they're coming back <laughs> hold on to your spices lads because the english are back right england yeah, is just not especially not in one position that. england to be fair right now are, are cooking they yeah. get some really really good ones between soccer between kane between bellingham like foden the, john stones is a freaking animal yeah. there's uh, declan rice there's a lot of good guys but like who's grabbing the most headlines in the world kane had to go to germany so that there wasn't the same English right. spotlight, and now, Bellingham and let's like, have to, I love, I love Bukayo Saka. He was not doing what Dele Alli was doing. Not week in, week out. No, no, no not even. Uh, and sorry, yeah, Arsenal fans, I, I know you guys are very delusional about this, but he's not doing what Dele Alli was supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, that's it, it's different conversations. But I mean, what it's not to diminish different what players Saka's as well. Doing, so it's, what he's it's doing not based great. on that. It's completely it's just, different. Completely different. Yeah. All right, bro. What's your next scenario?
My next scenario is what if the Premier League goes bankrupt? You know what, dude? I actually have... Can I tell you a different question that Go. I have? Because we could talk about bankruptcy. But I swear to God, I made one question here that said, what if the Middle East ran out of money? <laughs> <laughs> and it was no to, more to oil. the detriment of... It, yeah, no more oil. It was to the detriment of City and Newcastle and PSG and basically anybody who's backed by like a state. <laughs> That's hilarious that you'd put, what if the Premier League went bankrupt? <sighs> if the Premier League went bankrupt, um, parity would be restored, basically. You know what I mean? Like this. Oh, because think about it as a league. I'm not I'm not saying as individual clubs. I'm saying as a league, what would happen in the landscape of football and the top five leagues as we know them if the Premier League all of a sudden cannot just outspend everybody else? I think parity would be restored, to be honest. I, I really do. I yeah. feel like I literally had actually a different question that I had on the same note was what if other leagues had the Prem's purchasing power and marketability? That's the real question. Because yeah. that's that it's the same it's question. Basically, the, asked in a yeah, different way. like I, I made <laughs> on the note of bankruptcy and on the note of Prem's thing. And what I put for that was it would disrupt the Premier League Super League that currently exists because they say no Super League, but like they want it to just exist solely in England. Correct. Uh, the Saudi Pro League, would it have emerged? Would that be the new Premier League where everybody just supports clubs? Because it's we're all international. Let's be real. What keeps the what makes the Premier League the biggest in the world is the international support. It's not local. It's not that the local fans aren't important. Right. They definitely are. They establish the culture for the fan base, which gets you know you know spread worldwide. Don't get me wrong, but like the money coming into it is all the TV contracts and it's the the sales and it's you know getting into international markets and international TV revenue. There's a big 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 marketing thing that that goes into play here. I would wonder what the best league in Europe would be if other leagues, if it was just parity across the board, if the other leagues had the same marketability and purchasing power i wonder how it would affect the french league and the german league like talented leagues and the the reason that i put that is because yeah i don't know if the bundesliga would seek out talent to buy more so than they do now i just think they would be able to say no to clubs that want to purchase from them i think that'd be the biggest difference the Prem would almost be forced mm -hmm. to look internally and hope that their homegrown talent was better than everybody else's homegrown talent. Not to mention, they're going to lose football. players. The kids in England are the kids. Yeah, big time they'll lose players. But if you had like superstars playing all over Europe, almost like it was like in the early 2000s where you had like genuine juggernauts in the Serie A. Yeah. Right, because let's be real. What happened in the Champions League this season? Two of the Premier League clubs finished fourth in their True. groups. That's embarrassing for yeah. the Prem. You know what I mean? So it's not that I, we've been told we we believe that the Prem's the best team in the world because they have the most quality, and we see it because they purchase the best players from every team from every from every other league in the world. But when push comes to shove, they don't always win and dominate everybody. It tends to be La Liga who's able to figure that out better. That's true, and and Serie A last I seriously year wondered. dominated all European finals. Yeah, they ended up losing all three of all them. All of Europe. <laughs> yeah, you're right. At the end of the day, they were in all three finals. Right, they made it there. Yeah. Yeah, even uh, Mourinho came out criticizing, you know, City recently about what's going on with Calvin Phillips. And he's like, you know, you spent as much money as you did on Calvin Phillips. And then you just be like, ah, he's actually not the guy for our system. Like most leagues can't do the that. The Prem is he's absolutely is in a right. position where teams can buy players that they don't need just to prevent them from going somewhere else. And that is not a luxury that other other leagues have. Yeah. Right. Maybe Barcelona and Real Madrid have that. The rest, none. Nothing. Because even if Bayern Munich has the capability yeah, of doing that, literally, their fan-based model is not going to allow them to do it. So Bayern is buying players with intent of keeping them and actually using them. They're not buying players because mm. they just don't want to allow, you know, Dortmund or even, you know, Juventus or AC Milan to have them. They're buying players because they want those players and they know that they're going to use them. The only other team in the world that does that is PSG. Right. Yeah, PSG have backlogged a whole bunch of players. But PSG's Correct. academy might be the, the best of the bunch. You know what I mean? So that's a really, really good question. If the Prem went bankrupt tomorrow, the the dispersed talent would fill up. I feel like, you know, it would really juice up a few of the top teams in Europe who we already know, like other Champions League clubs. Especially with some of the dead leagues that we have. Like, think of the talent that Sevilla or Valencia would be able to yeah. pick up on. Think of how Roma or Lazio can beef up their squads with someone from West Ham. Or, yeah. Right? Like, 
you're thinking of just those kinds of players that are on elite level salaries for right. those other leagues that are good enough to revive those leagues. Mm. Right. The, the Bundesliga, I think, is the most successful league outside of the, the Premier League, just based on talent right. production alone. But the other leagues are almost like a shore based uh, result that people don't really watch it. Like Liga, everybody knows PSG is going to win it. Nobody's watching it. Juventus uh, or, you know, whoever whoever is going to win this area is not going to make it entertaining enough for someone that only has maybe three hours per week to watch football to go and watch Serie A. And it's the same with with um, La Liga. You're you're really looking at two, maybe three teams. And Girona just happens to be top of the league this year. Maybe that gets you more eyeballs. But really, viewership of La Liga died after Messi and Ronaldo left. Big time. It took a huge, huge hit because that's who people wanted to watch. The thing is, you look at what yeah. La, not La Liga, sorry, but the Serie A has done in recent years to try to cement themselves by tying Leao down to a new contract, for example, by tying Lautaro Martinez down to a new contract, for example. Like they're really, really working hard, the Milan clubs in particular, to be back is by re-signing the players who they have. Like, yo, we can't lose these guys. Because if we lose these guys, we're, we're back to square one. What and the it's hell a, are we going to do? It's a harder struggle every, every time. Every single time it's harder because you have to go find the next version of that player and then hope to price out every other team. Because let's be real. You know you can't offer them the same money that they're going to make elsewhere, which means you have to try to tie them down for as yeah. long as possible but keep them as happy as you can. Because when stupid bids come in, you're like, what am I gonna do? That's like the 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 new the am new I gonna compete with that? um deal for our boy Osimian was yeah okay I'll sign a new contract with this team yeah provided there's a release clause of 130 odd mil or whatever because if I have the opportunity to go make 250k a week somewhere 300k a week 350k a week why shouldn't I make that? Clearly I'm worth that. Someone's willing to pay it. It's a big deal, mm-hmm. man. I almost I love that the Prem has the talent that it does because it makes games so exciting. It also makes things really, really hard sometimes because, you know, you look at how competitive the league is and you're like, yo, we got to predict all the way down to ninth. Like e- any of these teams can beat each other, right? Chelsea just yeah. spent a billion and they're in 12th, right? Like that's a big deal. That that can also happen. But at the same time, if... And it's detrimental to I don't think the Prem would have... Because they didn't always... The Premier League didn't always have this. They just have such a lead now. It's so hard for any other thing to, reco- to to recover. But there used to be players who were fine never leaving the club that they were at. There were West Ham legends who were good enough to play for Champions League clubs. Went no. There were Newcastle like Matt Letizia, bro, for Southampton was a baller. Yeah, and he's like, no, nah, be like, this is this is my team. There were Benfica legends who never left Portugal. Totti never left Roma. He could have played for Real Madrid. Totti, yeah, you're not getting there's, a Totti. That now. doesn't exist now because there's there's so much money in the game. Del Piero, literally, Martinis, bro, like the players who like, would just represent clubs till death. It doesn't it doesn't exist, and it, it's a different era. We we sound like old heads talking. Our our young old heads talking like players are forced to stay wherever they are. But for the sake of parody, it was kind of cool to rep this. The thing is, there's so much talent now, and it's marketed so highly that you just look at them, you go, "Yo, how many how many of these players can we get to play?" together and what would it look like if all of our best guys took yeah. on all your best guys oh what do we need we need this player okay let's go get him okay now we have all your best guys and our best guys we're gonna go get somebody else's best guys yeah because because think about it even when when the premier league was still dominant like early 2000s wise and i don't want to stretch this one super I would rather long, stretch this one long yeah take out a few at left. the end because this is like i, I be, yeah. this is basically two of my questions here as well that's true that's true yaps down when he left united joined AC Milan mm. after Lazio. And who did he join up at AC Milan with? It was Maldini, right. Nesta, Seydorf, Gattuso, right? Like, <laughs> he, he joined players that were ballers. And that's because the talent was spread out across the leagues everywhere. Ajax was actually a serious competitor yep. every single year mm-hmm. in the Champions League. Barcelona was wild. Real Madrid was wild. Juventus, the same. Edgar David Zidane, Thierry Henry, who then went to their respective clubs right. that we know them for. But <laughs> I think it's because the money in football was not yeah. as crazy. Like you had world record fees for for positions at 35 million. And people were, were angry about it. They were like, 
it's of yeah, right. Gone. Yeah. I mean, for them though, thirty-five. <laughs> thirty-five million for a center back. They were like in the nineties. Thirty-five million for a center back was eighty million today, though. So they were just like you know, inflation-wise, it's yeah. like yo, they were spending a lot of money back then. Yeah. Right. Like, you know what? Uh, what did Buffon go for from Parma to freaking thing? And it would have right. cost the equivalent of like. It yeah, it would have cost modern day. Yeah. Would have cost like over seventy. And you're like, okay, the money's always been crazy in football. It's just like when you look at the actual wages and stuff versus what they are now it seems like it's so far but like roy Keane was making 200k a week in the 90s bro you know what i mean like that's that's half a million a week now you know what i mean that's so much money that this dude was making i feel like you have your superstars and it feels like everybody's destined when you see it the emerge of the superstar they're locked into a few clubs now and that's a little bit disappointing because how sick would it be like let's do a what if what if killing Mbappe joined freaking ac milan It'd be so cool for the streets. You know what I mean? Or remember we pitched Neymar to, to AC when we yeah. blew up PSG for that rebuild. What that if that happen. happens? It, it just Rather it than just happen. go to Al-Ahli right. in Saudi Arabia. It, just, it can't happen now. It's, it's kind of disappointing because I would love, I would have loved to have seen what football would have been like with the current superstars we have if they were all spread throughout Europe and the Prem wasn't the, the, yeah. jug, the super juggernaut that it was. It's not taking anything out of the Prem. It's like good for them for having all the talent that they have. But like, it would have been it would have been cool. It would have been really cool to have like great. we duos. wouldn't have had to reorganize the Champions League to make it yeah, more competitive. Literally. It would have just been naturally competitive. Yeah, pretty much, bro. Pretty much. Is it back to my turn? All right, Your I gotta turn, go through bro. my list because I actually have like a whole bunch of things here that we kind of went through two of my biggest things that I was gonna talk about. I'll go find a different one. Is no, this the we'll last do, one? Um, we'll each do one more, maybe. Okay. Okay. What if Erling Holland joined Manchester United under Ollie? Ooh. Is that wasn't that far from happening? Yeah. So we're skipping Dortmund Skip then. Right from Molde into Manchester United. Well, right from South. Oh, from wasn't didn't when uh Ollie came from that club. Yeah, he, it was Molde. He yeah. was playing with Holland. So I'm saying what if Holland what if he brought Holland with yeah. him for five mil yeah. as like an 18-year-old or whatever he was? maybe 17 or something like that. He was young and he just joined the United Academy. Well, let's look at some evidence. See, nature versus nurture, big time in football. That's exactly (laughs) it. I want you to tell me your opinions of this because here's some things that definitely wouldn't have happened. No Man City trouble, right? That doesn't happen last year. Um, There's no setting the Bundesliga on fire where he was averaging like a goal a game for two, three seasons. There's no Premier League records broken for Holland in the same way where he's quickest to... Quickest to 10 goals, quickest to 20, quickest to 30, quickest to 40, because he would have been in the Prem as a 16, 17-year-old. There's no way he's getting 10 goals a game as a, not a game rather, but yeah. uh, like quickest to 10 goals as a 16 or 17-year-old. He had to find his feet to become that, right? Does he ever fulfill his potential if he comes up? Does he end up being like an Evan Ferguson type figure where it's like, yo, we have this kid in our academy. He's pretty good. Does he fill the need for the striker? Even like a Marcus Rashford. Being, exactly, like a Marcus Rashford figure. Do City continue to go strikerless? Because remember, City weren't playing with a striker at the mm. time because they bought Julian Alvarez, but maybe... It's only because he was so, like, on fire that City, City were like, like yeah, yeah, we need gonna, a striker. This, this is the best dude coming up. We got to have this. And not to mention, there's a whole subsequent thing about the City case, which is because we did get Julian Alvarez. What if he's the number nine that we have? And subsequently, we win all that we're supposed to win, maybe not to the same degree of trebles and whatever else, but he also goes on to win the World Cup with Argentina Julian Alvarez enters a discussion for the Ballon d'Or, bro. Because now he's the starter for Man City. This is Jeez. a whole different career trajectory here. What happened? Let's stick on the Holland for a second. Holland comes through your academy, 17 years old under Ali. How do you think that goes over the next five years from now? Obviously, his abilities is nuts compared to okay. everyone else, right? His, his pure, there's a essence to Holland that is just pure okay. him. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yep. Can we agree on that? And we saw it all the time. He's got that killer instinct that he's always going to have that killer instinct. He was always going to have that killer instinct. How much of Holland today is what he picked up at Salzburg, Dortmund, City? A lot. And how much of it? Well, and not to mention a lot of it is the opportunities he had to score. For Salzburg, he was bigger, bigger, faster, stronger, hit the ball harder than anybody else in Austria and then in Germany, right? That's absolutely true. In Germany, he's playing in so much space that it was able to show different skill sets he had. 
How can I run into space? Look at how fast Erling Holland is. Look at how strong Erling Holland is. Look at how Erling Holland can score in every yeah. game when given the opportunity, but he had so much space. Then playing for the team that creates more chances than anybody else, particularly with De Bruyne in the team. Would he ever have gotten to show that playing for United over the last couple of years? I don't because think of who he's, he would have been competing with for Golden Boot at the time. It's prime Harry Kane, prime Mohamed Salah, mm. prime Sadio Mane, and then whoever right. City had for Golden Boot. It would have been very difficult for him, right? Like as a 17, 18 year old, it would have been very difficult. And knowing United, it's likely that he's going to go through a rough patch of not scoring and going, we need to sign a 30 year old striker to even, yeah. even things out here. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes I see the runs that Hoyland makes and I'm like, if somebody, if he played for it, even Rashford a couple of times, like <laughs> if you were playing for city, I feel like the, the numbers he would have had would have been nuts because the way that, that they would have played. Yeah. I don't know that Erling Holland becomes any version, any semblance of the version of himself that he is playing for Manchester United. If he's starved of opportunities, uh, I think I would agree, which means that we lose out on one of the next generation's best players. I don't think that he rises yeah. up the same way. Yeah, it's. I know cream rises to the top. Fine. It's so crazy that it has to be but like. But I don't think he would have had the opportunity to show it. I think you're right. I think it needs right place at the right time. And we've seen players that just have it and they go to the wrong club and they just right. die. Their career ends. And you think, how different would it have been if he just mm-hmm. didn't join that club? And it's crazy. Like, think of if Cesc Fabregas, when he was that young, if he just wasn't, didn't have that nurture in him, or nobody nurtured him at Arsenal to play those games that he played. We probably would have lost out on Cesc Fabregas, not going to lie to you. Like, if if he went to a team that was struggling at the time, like if he went to Spurs, probably wouldn't have gotten Cesc Fabregas. That's a very, very good point. He did need a lot of nurturing. Yeah. I will agree with that. The right place, the right time feels like a lot of stuff. Not to mention, what if he went to a team that was less, like, famous? What if he went and joined, like, yeah. a middle of... Because Serie A was pretty good back then. What if he went to join, like, a Palermo or a Parma or something? And then you're just yeah. like, okay, he's pretty decent playing over there. I don't think that he would have had the same Who's conviction that he has now. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. There is a lot that is mm. pure ability, but... Ability only gets you so far. You have to be in a place that actually understands how to extract every single drop right. out of you. Um, and not only that, but to improve the mm. things that you already have. So he learned that having the opportunity to fly under the radar in Austria, he learned that having the opportunity to to actually show what he learned and play against men week in, week out in Germany. And now it's almost like he's the finished model at his young age. Much in uh, in city with still stuff that he if you ask him he'll say yeah he's still need to improve him on, on some stuff but he's already yeah the best he's not the, the most well-rounded one but he's definitely has the most like lethal ability of pretty much any other striker because yeah. the things that he does have nobody else has. just by his genuine like nature of him someone has to bring he's that crazy like he has yeah. huge huge gaps in what his like for his size he should be way better at heading Right, like he's very clumsy on the ball. Yeah, he's still pretty weak with his right foot. Like, there's still hu- his link up plays is decent, but it's not like very good at all. There are elements to his game that you could say, okay, you have huge areas to improve on. But that being said, there is not a bigger, faster, stronger, powerful, more powerful, which is different, just more lethal, more eye more for clinical, goal. almost you know, strike more ruthless game bred ready yeah. striker that exists than him yeah yeah i agree all right dude that's only holland so thank god he went to the blue side of manchester instead Whew. thank <laughs> goodness man i like this part of it anyway you got our last one and then we're gonna wrap dude what's the last what if oh boy pressure on it being a banger then eh got your list you took like two of mine <laughs> Yeah, all right it okay. being well, so much i just up came up with no, a great we're concept. so connected you know you did you did we <laughs> both did to be fair you just went first <laughs> fair enough hmm i think this is one that that you and i can talk about a lot but it's not going to be the most entertaining so i'll change to the other one actually i'll let you choose. you know what give me both i'll, I'll let you choose yeah one. i'll let you choose one what if qatar buys the mls or saudi or whoever yo okay or 
what if England sack Gareth Southgate now and they go into the 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 Euros with their ideal manager? I don't know who that manager is, but that's the part of the conversation. Okay, we're gonna do that one because uh Qatari that's MLS won't won't change that much the, the, to be honest bro just take out salary caps like i'm so sick of salary caps in, yeah. in sports like i I, hate, I just went on a whole piece about how i would love the parody if across just europe baseball, there was man. no thing baseball contracts no, are if there preposterous. was they are preposterous but genuinely like quit trying to tie people's hands if the billionaires want to spend money to make the game more exciting for everyone let them do it who cares it's not costing us anything yeah why because some team's not going to win yeah that's part of it, bro. Sorry. Bummer. Some guys are going to be better than you. They have more money. Like, sucks. Some teams are going to spend their money poorly. Who cares? That's a different... That, that's that's not nearly as intriguing to me as trying to figure out who England can go into this tournament with to have the best chance of winning. Because it actually reminds me of one of the what-ifs that I was going to talk about. But I, I opted to go for what if, uh, what if France won. I could have easily went with what if Roberto Martinez managed Portugal at this most recent World Cup seeing the Portugal side that, that currently exists. What if that was the one playing yeah. there? I Looking think back, it's a very yeah. different tournament. The biggest takeaway for that is that if England had somebody who can do to their squad, what Roberto Martinez did to Portugal, which is just unlock all of the star power that they have. Mm-hmm. England are currently what? Definitely not lower than top three favorites, right? Like they're going to be in a conversation for one of the three best sides of the tournament. I would agree. Because here's and the what's thing: what's going to hold them back? Tomori's a Tomori's a starter. Should be John Stones is a I don't starter. Know that he will be. John Stones a fit. Kyle Walker, Trippier. You've got I don't know Luke Shaw at left back. Maybe who else at left back? Ben Chilwell. Ben Chilwell. If he's fit, if he's fit. Reese James. If he's fit, there's a lot of fitness concerns. But but then you have someone that sees the value in players like Ivan Tony in uh, James Old Prowse mm. in midfield, right to balance things uh. out. Right, you've got your your Fodens, your Canes, your Bellinghams, your Declan, Declan Rice, yeah, your Sakas, your freaking Grealishes. You got your you got some good players who play for this damn team. From a talent perspective, England are good enough. They're right there. They're probably they're not as good as France because really nobody no. is like it from a talent perspective because that's just you still got different ridiculous. different attackers with different dynamics, right? Like you can go to someone like a Callum Absolutely Wilson if you want. Do. You'd need off the bench, I mean, of the best manager. So here's the thing. Italy won the last Euro, not because they were the best team, but they had the best manager. It was, it took a lot for the World Cup to be decided the way that it was. It ended up being between the two best players in the world, mm-hmm. right? And, and they were pretty freaking even for that whole tournament. For the next Euro, it's going to go back to the France team that really knows how to get the job done. Because they've they've been there, they've done that. Finally, yeah. cho- you know, I wouldn't even say they choked in the fight. They got unlucky not to win a fi- a, a second final in a row. Yeah, they were. But in the last win. Euro, yeah, the last Euro wasn't Euro twenty twenty one was not their best campaign by any stretch. You'd imagine that the only impediment to France winning this is France. So it's can you figure it out or can you get out of your own way? But I would trust that France have the conviction to this early prediction for the for the Euros. Portugal are showing no signs of weakness in any capacity, right? England have this looming question mark because most of the media that we consume is Prem-based, where they're going to say the Premier League players are the best. The English talent is at one of the best that it's been in many, many, many years. And Gareth Southgate has proven that he can bore his way to pretty deep in, in many competitions. Who is the ideal manager for England? That's the question. I don't know. Because I'm tempted to just take the lazy answer and say Carlo Ancelotti, because Carlo yeah. Ancelotti has proven he's able to figure out any system at any point with anybody and just be like, yeah, I can make Everton a top six side in the Prem, <laughs> same as I can have Real Madrid win any competition in the world. That's why Brazil want me. That's why Canada want me. Obviously, that's a freaking long shot, but they do. That's why I play for, that's why I coach Real Madrid. And to be honest, if he was the coach of England, I, I could just see him being like Jude, just looking at Jude in the eye, giving yeah. those old school Barney Stinson. Look at me. Look at, look me. at me. You with me? Go do it. Suit up, boys. Oh, bro. Yeah. I, Ancelotti I, I, I kind of feel it, it would though. be Ancelotti, to be honest, because he's got the attitude to just kind of raise that eyebrow and make people react. Whereas, like, if we were to say Pep, you'd say, okay, well, Pep's going to really need to coach them 
to break things down. Not Plus, time in they can be got at. Not enough time in international football. Exactly. If you were to go with somebody like Eddie Howe, who I know is a super popular option right now, you go, okay, but what about the X's and O's? Like his team is based on hard work. They have the talent. They should be yep. able to work hard, but they really need a good strategy. The, the criticism of Ancelotti sometimes is really, it, it's kind of like the old school of Sir Alex Ferguson, right? It's like the yeah. patterns of play. You don't always see them. It's just kind of like, boys, come on. And I almost feel like that's what they need. A little bit of that, that grandfathered in. The English media would like respect because they'd recognize it. Who in God's green earth in the English media is going to criticize Carlo Ancelotti? Carlo's going to look at him like, <laughs> come on. What, what gonna are you talking about? You're going to tell me? Blood it. <laughs> yeah. He's just going to light a cigarette that he doesn't even smoke throw it at the journalist like <laughs> don't ever tell me how to do my job i i got this he's gonna be like sitting in last place match week five you're like yo if you lose like you're out of this tournament and he's like do i look nervous and somehow england go and they, <laughs> they beat everybody i feel like it would be ancelotti to I, be ancelotti would be the right answer though i th- i think you're right i think ancelotti would be the one just feels like he has so that, how right? would an how would an ancelotti team look right is the back four solid mm. like do we know the back four is it kyle walker john stones tamori and, and luke Shaw? if everybody's fit no or based on current selection well sure if everybody's fit if everybody's fit it's chill on the left and it's probably no i would say it probably still goes with walker because walker has leadership he's got conviction he's he's fast he's yeah. powerful I think I Walker's the best right back they have, but I think Reese James, when fit, yeah. can can do a little bit of the both, like attack. And Absolutely, attack. no, it's it's certainly no credit. Reese James is probably the most complete right back yeah. in the world. I just feel like for your team, you might need a little bit of that leadership. experience yeah. and the leadership. And Kyle's a captain. I wonder what Ancelotti's perspective on Tomori would be because he'd be like, "Listen, you're you're a little bit new here, but mm. I like what you're about. Like, let me see." what i can do with you i would love to see that and then i think that we all know what the midfield would look like under ancelotti right with with how rice would play with how phillips would play he would have he would go looking for he'd overload midfield with a lot of very very good midfielders and then it would probably be wide areas that suffer i would imagine i would imagine right because who's he gonna play i'd imagine he'll just try to overload the middle and then maybe he even plays like Kieran Trippier and Kyle Walker on both on the same side. I could see him doing that, right? Because let's be real. He doesn't have a Valverde figure, but he's used to a Valverde. So like he's like, who do I have to do this? I don't know, bro. I'm going to put trips right mid or, or Trent or somebody like that to just be the right side of it. So they can both just overlap and, you know, right back each other to put in some stuff for likely who would be Harry King. Harry King yeah. I, I could totally see them winning that dude. Yeah, they would. I think they would. It would be the best shot they have at challenging France and Portugal. Yeah. yeah, and Portugal. Portugal are monsters in this competition as well. For the first time, I might add. Yeah, because at no point have I ever Feels had good, conviction eh? about Portugal. It does feel good. It's pre- the more pressure, but I'll take it. I'd rather have pressure with the ability we've seen. Because over the past few years, it's been like, oh, it doesn't matter. We're not winning. Like I know that yeah. we're not going to win. People are like, no, no, they're going to win. I'm like, no, they won't. Trust me. Now I'm like, that's how I feel about Egypt and Afghan lately. But when I was a kid, it was like, yeah, give me the pressure. We're going to win. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. I want all the smoke, bro. All of the lights. <laughs> as soon as Many that, men. the horns start hitting. <laughs> Where's that? Dude, I don't want to get us. <laughs> no matter what the song is, there's certain songs that just yeah. accompany the videos of people getting ready for big games. Yep. We ready. <laughs> <laughs> we ready for y'all. That was a good, that's a really good one too. I'm getting fired up. Getting fired up at the end of our episode here, dude. I gotta wrap it. Yeah, episode number two. Everybody get the hell out of here. Go eat some turkey. Yeah. Go enjoy your Christmas. Enjoy oh, your Christmas you spirit. I'm almost certain this is gonna be the last episode we do for 2023. We haven't quite decided what next week looks like yet. If not, guys, it's been a blast. What a way to end 2023 than with episode 223. I, I feel it. like just I that alone <laughs> needs to be why this is the last episode of the year. In January, we'll start 224 to kick off 2024. It's just, it's naturally, we're going to have to like do it. I've convinced we myself. planned it like this. God planned this. I did not, yeah, plan, we did this. not plan this. I, I, it just happened to work out, and uh, I'm so glad that it did. We are good planners. Not that good, though. Not it's that divine good. Divine intervention. <laughs> yeah. The stars aligned here for us.
guys thank you very much for tuning in each and every week to the jersey wall podcast we absolutely love you and we thank you for all your support year in and year out next year we enter year seven of the jersey wall podcast and we genuinely could not have done that without each and every one of you we love you and we thank you for your support with that brethren thank you for another excellent year thank you dude thank you joe as it's well thank so you much to all fun. the guests that we've had milan um i don't remember anyone else but thank you guys not for your lack yeah, of contribution we... <laughs> but it was it was great it was just milan was was the one that was most memorable just because his name tends to be memorable yeah so thank you to everybody yeah, thank you to all our listeners and everything else um not to take the outro away from you so i'll kick it right back at you but no, absolute love uh to everyone and and happy new year and merry christmas couldn't have said it better myself guys we love you we thank you let's bring the energy back for 2024 and we'll see you next time right here on the jersey one podcast